All right, here we go. Episode four, the Real Deal podcast coming at you. Currently recording this Sunday night, midway through the third quarter with the Steelers and the Browns still playing. Uh, Pittsburgh just scored to cut it to 35-17. This one would definitely go down as the upset of the of the weekend if the results stay as it is. Um, it's been a good weekend of football. We'll get into that here in a little bit. But first, I just want to take the time, um, as I do at the beginning of every episode, and thank you for listening. Um created the Facebook page today. So that way, the purpose of that, I know some people have said that when I post it onto my own personal page, uh, they're not able to see it, uh, just because different posts pop up at different times. And so my wife, I thank her for it. Uh, she suggested that I create a Facebook page for the podcast. And so anytime we do a podcast episode, not only will I share it to my own personal Facebook page, but I'll also put it onto the pod page as well. Um, I appreciate all the likes that it's, that it's gotten already. Um, also on there, if there's ever a topic in the sports world that you would like to hear my thoughts about, go ahead and post on that Facebook page um, and just or send me a message through it or whatever and, and just say, hey, Um, do an episode on this or do an episode on that. Uh, once football season's over, um, got some things lined up as far as what we're going to talk about. We'll have some people on, uh, a couple athletes from the area that are going to kind of talk about the COVID experience dating back to last spring. Um, my wife is the head volleyball coach at Blue Hill where we teach. And so she's going to come on and we're going to talk about coaching um, and how that, how we've, how we've adapted to that in our, our marriage and everything. And so a lot of fun stuff coming up tomorrow night, Monday night or tonight, I guess, whenever you're listening to it, um, the college football national championship between Omaha, Omaha, wow, Ohio state and Alabama. And, um, we'll preview that here shortly as well, but That'll wrap up the college football season. It was kind of a modified year with the delayed starts for, for the conferences because of COVID. And so that'll that'll conclude tomorrow night. And then um, a few more weeks left of the NFL. And then we're on to talking about the NFL draft, the combine, and all that fun stuff that leads you through an offseason. So, again, thank you for the listening for listening. Um, all the feedback, sharing it, talking about it, whatever, whatever you want to do with it. Um, I appreciate it. Uh, as I said before, if I have zero likes or, or if I have zero listens or a hundred listens, um, it doesn't matter to me. I, I enjoy putting this out there and just, um, having, having people hear my thoughts on different, different things taking place in the sports world. Um, going to have to try to start getting into basketball mode a little bit, watching college basketball and the NBA, just so that way, uh, we can talk basketball on a few episodes as well. Uh, excited for spring training and baseball too. I know I'm kind of rambling on here before we get into the, 
the playoff talk with Super Wildcard Weekend, but spring training starting up here uh, probably in about a month with pitchers and catchers reporting. Um, diehard Cubs fan here. Sad to see Kyle Schwarber sign with the Washington Nationals just yesterday. And then obviously last week with the tra- trading Yu Darvish to the Padres. Um, we'll kind of get into into baseball talk as baseball season comes to us. We'll throw in some Husker baseball talk as well with Coach Bolt leading the charge now. And so a lot of, a lot of fun stuff upcoming. Uh, but first, you know, like I said, Super Wild Card Weekend. Um, a lot of good football games. None of them were really, really blowouts except for my Bears today. Um, that was a tough one. We'll get to that game. We'll go in uh, order from the way that they were played. So yesterday, first game of the day, we saw the Buffalo Bills hosting the Indianapolis Colts. And it's crazy because Buffalo finally gets a home playoff game again, and they can't have a full stadium of their crazy Bills Mafia fans there. They got to have a good portion of the stadium. Um of fans there, and it was a tough game for them. The Colts are definitely a a scary matchup. I remember a few years ago, they went into Arrowhead and had a nice win over the Chiefs. Um, and so, just kind of one of those teams that runs the ball really well. They got a veteran quarterback that, depending on how he is that day, will either help you out or not. And, you know, talking about Phillip Rivers, and there, there's a good chance that it's it's Phillip Rivers, it was Phillip Rivers' last game. And it's kind of crazy. Growing up a couple years ago, or last year was Eli Manning's last game. Um, obviously, there's talk about this being Drew Brees' final season. You don't know if Roethlisberger, he has committed to playing next year, but you never know. Uh, Cam Newton may not have a team to play for next year. Um, and even Phillip Rivers too. So it's crazy. All those quarterbacks that I really, in my, in my youth, mid twenties, early twenties, late teens growing up watching, um, they're all starting to, to retire. And so it's kind of a, a new shift to a different style of quarterback but the Colts, you know, had a good season. Came into the playoffs 11 and 5. Um, you know, just with Philip Rivers, you just never know really know what you're going to get. Plays, throws the ball, has that kind of awkward release. Um, I think it sums it up perfect towards the end of the game when Indy was trying to drive late in the game and you know, try to get to at least field goal range where they can tie it up. And uh, Phillip sends a couple couple passes into the stands, um, just airmails the receiver, and they basically run out of time and don't have the chance to, to move the ball closer to kick. And, you know, they had a couple young running backs this year with Jonathan Taylor, who I think eventually will turn into a pretty good player. And, I mean, he had almost 80 yards yesterday. Um, and then they got a couple good young receivers too with uh, Michael Pittman out of USC and, you know, uh, T.Y. Hilton's been there for forever. And so it'll be interesting to see what they do at quarterback this offseason. Jacoby Brissett has been there for a while. 
Um, obviously with Carson Wentz, with him and the Eagles, that marriage has not gone well this year and sounds like he could be traded. So I, I think Indianapolis would be a good spot for him. Their head coach was, was in Philadelphia with him. And so he's a good – I think he if you surround him with, with a good offensive line and give him some weapons and a, a star running back that he could kind of revitalize his career. So I would definitely maybe pencil him in as to being the Colts quarterback next year. But, you know, we'll just have to see – have to see how that plays out. This game I thought was closer than what – it would be um, for Buffalo. I think that they it had been 25 years since their last playoff win, and so I think this was one of those games that for them they just had to get the the proverbial monkey off your back game, um, kind of break through that wall to finally say, hey, you know we're we're for sh- we're for real this year, and I think now that they've gotten that out of the way, they're staying at home again next week. Um, it looks like they'll probably be playing the Ravens if this Browns Steelers score stays the same. Um, you know, it'll be, it'll be a a fun battle to watch. And they, the thing that concerns me with Buffalo is Josh Allen is their leading rusher. He had 11 carries for 54 yards. Devin Singletary had three carries. Zach Moss had seven. So those two both had 42 yards combined. Josh Allen had 54. Um, So anytime your quarterback has to be your leading rusher like that, there's obvious concern about the durability of him. But he's a big kid, big dude, should be able to handle it. But you would at least like to see them establish a run game and be able to rely on those two running backs to to pick up some yards. he threw the ball well, was over 300 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Stephon Diggs continues to be a stud for them. Uh, a lot of people were questioning whether or not Josh Allen was going to be a bust. They trade for Stephon Diggs, and it looks like he could be an MVP. Um, Diggs was well over 100 yards in catch, catching yards, had a touchdown. Cole Beasley is a nice addition to have. Uh, he's kind of like what you would maybe think of like a Julian Edelman or a Wes Welker. You can kind of line him up in the slot and move him all over the place to um, to try to pressure a defense a little bit. And one thing they do with their running backs, they do um, throw to them out of the backfield. Both Zach Moss and Devin Singletary had combined seven catches. Um, and so they they do like to throw to them out of the backfield. So... We'll talk about as far as a preview for next week. Um, if it's going to be Baltimore, uh, we'll do another episode sometime this week to preview next wild next divisional weekend. Um, but yeah, so uh, Buffalo to me is still a scary team. I definitely think they they have what it takes to get to get to the playoffs or get to the Super Bowl. But I think more so than in the National League or in the NFC, talking thinking baseball still, um, in the NFC, I think that there's several teams in the AFC that that are scary matchups. With the NFC, I think maybe only one or two teams. So um, we'll get into more of that as my co-host Walter chews on his little rubber pig. So if you hear the 
the squeaking or the the winking or grunting that is that is him with his toy as he's trying to make a guest appearance on here. Uh, the second game yesterday was a divisional matchup. As I talk louder, he gets louder with it. Um, with the St. Louis, or excuse me, the Los Angeles Rams and the Seattle Seahawks. They played just a few weeks ago. Um, wasn't sure if Jared Goff was going to play going into it. He didn't start. John Wolford started, got hurt early on in the first quarter. Um, Goff had to come in as the backup. Uh, he didn't particularly throw the ball real well, but they got a good run game with Cam Akers, who had over 20 carries and 130 yards and a touchdown. And then Malcolm Brown chipped in as well. And then obviously with that defense, you have Jalen Ramsey out on the corner spot and then Aaron Donald inside mixed in with some good good defense, other defensive players as well. Um, definitely didn't see that one coming. They won 30-20. to 20. Seattle got that late touchdown. But uh, Russell Wilson, I, it's hard to, hard to pinpoint with him what, what happened. He... Beginning of the year, he started out on fire. A lot of people thought that he was the early MVP candidate. Um, and then kind of middle of the season, they kind of just kind of fell off a little bit. And so it's hard to really tell what what went wrong there. He was just 11 of 27, two touchdowns. He threw the pick six. It was really a momentum, momentum changer for the Rams. And they just couldn't really get a good good run game going. Um, Seattle couldn't with Chris Carson. And then DK Metcalf does, does what he normally does, was almost to 100 yards receiving. He had two touchdowns. Um, but definitely definitely an upset. You know, I thought that Seattle would win that. I don't, wouldn't, wasn't really for sure on them going a whole lot further than maybe next week, but um, definitely did not see did not see the Rams coming to win that. And so now St. Louis, or gosh, Los Angeles will go to Green Bay and play the Packers next week. And the other NFC matchup will feature the Saints and the Buccaneers. So leading into the third and final game from yesterday, the Washington football team hosting the Tampa Bay Bucks. And I will say this, I've talked about it before, I really think Washington's going to be a good football team in a couple years. Um, they've got to get a franchise quarterback in there that is not going to go vac- go visit the gentlemen clubs in Washington, D.C., um, like Dwayne Haskins was. And with Ron Rivera leading the way there, their coach, uh, they got some nice young pieces on defense. Chase Young is going to be an absolute freak in this league at defensive end. Um, they've, they've got some nice pieces on offense too. A pretty good offensive line, a couple good running backs with JD McKissick and, uh, Antonio Gibson and then Terry McLaurin out at receiver. So they're, they're really just a quarterback away from, from having a good, good team. And that division, as we know, with the Giants and Eagles and Cowboys, uh, seems like every year a new team wins that division. And obviously this year, 7-9 and nine won the division. So about every other year, it seems, 9-7, 8-8, 8-8 wins 
wins that division. Um, so anyway, uh, Tom Brady really played well last night. Um, pushed 400 yards passing. He was just short of it. Two touchdowns. They had a strong running game last night with Leonard Fournette. He's really blossomed into a nice role with the Bucks, getting away from the Jags, which is probably the best thing for him. Uh, he had a touchdown. And then, you know, Mike Evans finally has a quarterback that will throw him the ball and not the other team like Jameis would always do. And then uh, Antonio Brown didn't have a lot of catches, just two. But he had a nice touchdown catch. And, you know, he's got – um, Brady has Gronk there as a safety valve to hit Cameron Brait, one of the better tight ends in the league too. So definitely think that Tampa Bay is a scary team moving forward in the playoffs. Um, <clears throat> Bruce Arians is a, a good football coach. Um, Brady's obviously on a mission this year to prove that he can win away from Belichick. And so he's got he's got Chris Godwin who had a few drops as well and still had a nice day um, catching the ball. And then obviously you talk about their defense, uh, Levante David and Dominican Sue. They got a nice rookie playing safety, Antoine Winfield Jr. Um, they've got a lot of nice pieces, and so they're going to be a tough out moving forward as well. Um, I think Tom Brady has maybe the rest of this year. Next year for sure, and then after that, it's it's kind of like, well, who knows what, how much more he can give. But, you know, he's definitely motivated, and he's got better pieces this year than what he's had the last couple years in New England as well with, with some of those weapons on the outside. Um, before we move on, you know, watching Taylor Henneke play for the Redskins last night, uh, very impressed with him. You know, Alex Smith didn't get the start. He was inactive. And then Henneke got banged up late in the game. Wasn't sure if he was going to be able to come back in, but he was able to at the end there. Um, and they just got too much pressure on him. But he threw for over 300 yards, uh, ran for 46. So he's, you know, I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback next year. Some of the mock drafts have them taking Justin Fields or Trey Lance or Zach Wilson from BYU. So uh, it'll be tough to see, but... Uh, he's definitely a piece that you would like to keep on your roster, at least as a backup too. I think the, the the players play hard for him, and he's kind of turned into a leader for them down the stretch. And I don't know what you do with Alex Smith. I don't know what his contract situation is in, but you know he's he's obviously taught uh, Taylor a lot about being a good leader and all that. And so it'll be interesting to see where where he goes and. Um, how that ends up with with them, but would definitely be high on um, Washington going forward. Who knows what they're going to do with their team name? Personally, I kind of like the idea of just having it as the Washington football team. Kind of separates them from the rest of the league for a while. I think eventually they'll they'll come up with a name, but for right now, the Washington football team sounds pretty cool. Moving on to Sunday, we started the day off with. The Baltimore Ravens and the Tennessee Titans. And I must say, uh, the Tennessee Titans, just kind of a disappointing year. Um, the way that they flourished towards the end of last year, knocking off the Patriots and then the Ravens. Um, 
You know, just kind of had high expectations this year. You never really know what you're going to get out of the AFC South. You know, Jacksonville's usually going to be towards the bottom. But with the boneheaded offseason that Houston had trading away DeAndre Hopkins, they were kind of out of it early as well, especially after their 0-4 start. And so it was kind of the Titans and the Colts really all year. <clears throat> and they both finished 11-5. and And, you know, looking at the box score from today, Derrick Henry only had 40 yards rushing. Uh, he carried the ball 18 times, just a little over two yards on average. No touchdowns. And I would be interested to see a kind of a graph of when he plays like he did today, um, what their record is based off, how many yards he gets. I mean, it's not like they didn't give him the carries. He had 18 for 40 yards. Uh, Tannehill didn't throw the ball particularly well. He's got a couple of nice weapons. With A.J. Brown, Corey Davis was hurt, couldn't help them much. Um, and then Jonu Smith, their tight end, didn't really contribute much either. But, you know, they, they're they a team that, I mean, a couple weeks ago, they go to Green Bay and get absolutely throttled by the Packers, which a lot of teams are having that happen now. And, you know, you just, they were kind of, just kind of up and down all year. They were never real, real consistent. And, you know, it seems like the times when, when they need to need to play the best, um, they didn't do it this year. And, you know, Mike Vrabel's kind of an interesting coach, uh, very emotional, you know, rides the, rides the wave of emotions throughout the game. And, um, you know, there was a clip during the game with him kind of getting after Derrick Henry a little bit on the sideline. And everyone, everyone's pretty high on Derrick Henry as a running back. I think he's a good running back, but you know he's got to have more than 40 yards on just 18 carries. But a lot of that is credit to the Baltimore defense for getting after him. You know they were unhappy about losing the game to them a couple of weeks ago. Uh, before the game, Calais Campbell was walking back into the locker room trying to get after the the Tennessee offensive linemen and everything. And um, Baltimore, you could tell they definitely wanted it more. They weren't happy a couple weeks ago when the Titans won and they were dancing on their logo and, you know, John Harbaugh kind of got after Mike Vrabel for all that. And so it was definitely a revenge game for him. Um, looking at some stats from Baltimore, you know, eventually Lamar Jackson's really going to have to win the game through the air. But until he does, you know, he's definitely a weapon on the ground. Um, over 100 yards rushing, he had 136 J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards contributed as well. Um, Hollywood Brown, the receiver, you know, was over 100 yards catching or with his receiving yards. And so they have some nice pieces. Um, But it'll be interesting to see, like I said, if this Cleveland-Pittsburgh score stays the same. And Pittsburgh has scored again, so it's 35-23 now. Um, It'll be interesting to see this Baltimore team go to Buffalo and see what they can do against the Bills. Um, experience in that would definitely be on Baltimore's side. Uh, but sometimes when you get to the playoffs, experience doesn't matter. And so um, this, was, this was a good one. It came down to the final, final stretch at the end of the game. And then Tannehill threw the interception, which closed it out for Baltimore and gave them 
the win. Next game, the game that broke my heart the most, um, the Chicago Bears and the New Orleans Saints. Um, where to start, where to start. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Bears this offseason. Um, a lot of talk surrounding the status of the GM and head coach Matt Nagy. Uh, he's led them to two playoff berths in three years, but in those eight playoff quarters, I think I saw a stat that said in the two playoff games that he's been the Bears head coach, they've scored a combined 26, 25 points, something like that. I can't remember what it was. Um, and they're 0-2. Obviously, two years ago, they lost uh, to the Eagles on the double-doink missed field goal. Um, we're not going to talk anymore about the double-doink. But, you know, today, the Bears had a lot of guys out. Roquan Smith got hurt last week. He's their stud middle linebacker for the Bears. Should have been a Pro Bowler this year, but got snubbed. Uh, Levante David always gets snubbed for that, too. So, you know, who, who really cares about the Pro Bowl? Um, and then, you know, one of their rookie corners was out. Um, they didn't have one of their second leading receiver either. And so it's kind of been an up and down year. Obviously the Bears started off five and one, lost six in a row, won three in a row, lost two in a row to, to end the season. So definitely a, a streaky team. Um, was kind of surprised that we didn't see Nick Foles. At some point today, I figured that Nagy would kind of put a short leash on Trubisky. But, you know, who knows what's going to happen there. Um, Trubisky is the end of his contract as well. He could be a free agent next year. He said after the game that he would absolutely want to be in Chicago. Um, but it'll just, it'll be, it'll be weird to see how, how this all plays out. They're, they've got some bad contracts that they've given out to some players that... Haven't really performed well. Obviously, it's been noted that Trubisky was drafted ahead of Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. And so, just kind of some bad bad management on the front office part. And then the offensive ineptitude hasn't been or has been a killer as well. So, we'll see what happens with them in the offseason. They're not going to have that great of a draft pick, picking 20. Uh, I like to refer to it as football hell, where you're just good enough to make the playoffs every year and lose, but you're not good enough to get a, a meaningful draft pick, having it in the top top 10, top 5, wherever you want to call it. And there's, it's, it's unfortunate, too, because it's – I mean, there's four four or five good quarterbacks this year in the draft that could have pretty good NFL careers, I think. But my take is they would probably all be gone by the time the Bears pick at number 20. Um, another issue with the Bears, I could sit here all night talking about that, but they need to, they need to stay with their ground game. Um, the last two weeks, David Montgomery hasn't gotten to 100 yards. Today he was only at 31, and there are many three-game winning streak towards the end of the season. He rushed for 100 yards twice and had 98 in the other one. 
And so he only had 12 carries as well. So, you know, as far as committing to the ground game, you know, that's obviously a huge key to success for teams. Um, but, you know, the Bears need some weapons on offense. Allen Robinson's probably not going to re-sign. Uh, they've got Javon Wims, who got thrown out the first time they played the Saints for punching the one of the Saints players, and the same Saints player got another Bears receiver thrown out today, and just a lot of lack of discipline. So um, rumors obviously flying. Pat Fitzgerald, the head coach at Notre Dame or at uh, Northwestern, geez, excuse me. Um, a lot of people talk about him possibly seeking an NFL job this year. He's a lifelong Bears fan, grow, grew up in Chicago, and so that could be a possibility. It would be interesting to see who who he picks as a staff um, as far as coordinators and other coaches go. He's never been in the NFL before, so we'll see how all that plays out. For the Saints today, Drew Brees was Drew Brees. Um, you know, if he's, if he's at the end of his career, uh, what a career it's been for him, you know, it'll be, it'll be cool to see him and Brady play next week. Um, Alvin Kamara, one of the better running backs in the league, good at catching the ball too. Kamara was just short of a hundred yards. Um, you know, Michael Thomas is getting back into midseason form and, uh, playing well for for the Saints. And then obviously they use Taysom Hill all over the place on that offense and special teams. And so divisional matchup next week with them and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It'll be interesting to see um, just kind of how how those two teams play each other. I think they split 1-1 on the year. So should be a good matchup. It'll be in New Orleans. And then the game currently being played right now with the Browns and the Steelers. Um, Crazy start. Uh, First play of the game for Pittsburgh. The center snapped it over Roethlisberger's head. Cleveland gets it, falls on on it in the end zone. They go up 28-0, went into halftime 35-10. Um, now they're in the fourth quarter leading by 12. So who knows what, what happens? Uh, Pittsburgh was once 11 and 0 currently 12 and four. They kind of had their losing streak at the end of the season. Um, and so if this turns out the way it's going with Cleveland winning, Cleveland will play at Kansas city next week in Arrowhead Baker versus Mahomes. Um, and then, like I said, Baltimore will be in Buffalo against the um, Buffalo Bills. Moving on to the College Football National Championship tomorrow night or tonight, depending on when you're listening to this, or I guess it could be last night, um, Ohio State and Alabama. There was some talk last week about some COVID concerns with um, Ohio State and possibly trying to push the game back because of it. Um, the college football playoff director, Bill Hancock, came out towards the end of last week and said that that wasn't going to happen, that the game was going to go on as played. And so it should be, on paper, a very good game. I think there will be a lot of points scored. 
Um, both of these teams are built for their offense. Uh, Heisman winner Devontae Smith, uh, Najee Harris, you know, all these stud players for Alabama, Mac Jones throwing the ball around, um, sets up for a real exciting game. And then obviously with Ohio State, you have Justin Fields, Trey Sermon running the ball, Chris Olave catching the ball for Ohio State. And so the matchup that I think is going to be the biggest key is going to be Alabama's offensive line. They won the the Joe Moore Award for the best offensive line in college football. It'll be interesting to see them against this Ohio State defensive line, which I felt was one of the key factors that led them to a win over Clemson. Um, they really got after that Clemson offensive line, made Trevor Lawrence uncomfortable. Uh, just in my opinion, Trevor Lawrence is a lot more mobile than what Mac Jones is. So if they're able to get pressure on him, then, you know, I could see Ohio State coming out of that with a win. Um, This Alabama defense is not one of Saban's top. Uh, Florida put up a boatload of points on him. Ole Miss put up a boatload of points on him. And even, even Notre Dame had some success late with, with them. And so, just because I think it'll be a high-scoring game, it'll probably end up being a defensive battle. I mean, obviously both defensive both teams have the ability to play good defense, but the, just the way the trend has been this year in college football with with high-scoring offenses, it seems like that's what we're headed for. Um, I will be doing a Facebook Live some point during the game. It'll be on on the Real Deal Podcast Facebook page. Uh, just some kind of some thoughts throughout the game that I'm talking about. If I had to give a prediction, uh, I would say I'm going to go Alabama 45, Ohio State 41. I think it's a back-and-forth game throughout. Uh, I don't see... I don't see one team really getting a big lead and the other team coming back. I think it'll be, it'll stay close throughout, but I just feel like the experience for Alabama, um, the coaching experience that Nick Saban has on Ryan Day will be there. But you never want to count out a team that's playing as motivated as what Ohio State is. Uh, But at the same time, you have to wonder if, did they you did they treat Clemson as the national championship? Because that was the revenge game for them. That was a team they wanted the most. Um, sometimes that happens. You you see a team that you want to beat really bad. You beat them, and then you go out there and play in the championship, and you just you can't match what you did the week before. So that'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how Justin Fields' rib ribs hold up from his shot that he took last week. Uh, played in pain the rest of the game after that spearing. So, you know, a lot of intriguing storylines going into it. But I think ultimately the experience, the coaching, all leads towards Alabama. Um, Steve Sarkeesian coaching his last game as Alabama's offensive coordinator. Last time um, a coordinator left. Alabama was Lane Kiffin, 
and he actually didn't coach in the national championship, and that was the year that Clemson really spanked Alabama. So I think Coach Saban probably upset, not upset, maybe sad about losing Sarkeesian to Texas, um, but I definitely think that he wanted him on staff for the national championship and see if um, if he can get another another national title. Uh, wrapping up the show here, um, a lot of talk in the NFL world about Urban Meyer. Supposedly he had an interview with the Jacksonville Jaguars over the weekend. Um, definitely something to keep an eye on. It was rumored that Matt Campbell at Iowa State was meeting with the New York Jets. He put out on Twitter that he was excited about the commitment being made by people at Iowa State. So it appears like he's going to stay in Ames. Um, Other than that, not a lot of coaching news from the NFL teams. I don't think any of the teams that fired their coaches have made any hires yet. Um, Sounds like... Jim Harbaugh signed an extension with Michigan. So I guess if the Bears do decide to move on from Matt Nagy, that um, Jim Harbaugh will not be the Chicago Bears head coach. So it'll be interesting to see see how all this shakes out. It's kind of a it's kind of a sad time because football's winding down, but at the same time, with the NFL Combine, the coaching carousel, the NFL draft. Uh, it really, it really never stops. So that's going to do it for our NFL talk. We're going to wrap up the show here. Like I said, you know, I appreciate all of the, the listens, the feedback, the likes on our new Facebook page. Um, like I said at the beginning, if there's ever a sports topic you want to hear about that I haven't talked about, or you're just curious with my thoughts on, go ahead and post it on the Facebook page. I'd love to make this as interactive with everybody as possible, including everyone's thoughts and opinions. Um, if you disagree with a comment, fire away on it on there as well. Um, again, these are just my thoughts, my ramblings, so um, just put it out there for you guys to hear. So again, tomorrow night, some point during the national championship, it'll be posted on the Real Deal Facebook pod, the Real Deal podcast Facebook page. Um, when we go live, we'll probably plan to do it maybe around halftime, start of the third quarter, just to kind of recap the first quarter. And then we'll see how it goes. Maybe, maybe do it again at the end of the game. But other than that, our next episode, episode five, will be dropping later this week, where we'll preview the NFL divisional round. We might throw in a top ten list. Um, and just kind of have some fun as we wind down the football season. But as always, thank you for listening. Appreciate all of the support and feedback and hope that you enjoy your week and have a great day or evening. And we'll talk to you later. Thanks.